recording is happening. It's happening. It, it is occurring, and hopefully this time nothing explodes. Or oh. Huh? I was going to say, hopefully this time I sound like I'm talking into a microphone and not through the Xbox. <laughs> not through the Xbox controller. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird, because it's pretty much the exact same microphone. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have no idea. Oh, so update, guys. We officially now have two microphones in play. Yeah, if you don't follow our Instagram, which you should, I posted in our story that um, my wonderful girlfriend helped me get my own microphone, finally. I know, so now it can be like an official setup. Yeah. It's going to be really fun figuring out how we're going to do that when we record in person again but you know we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we find it yeah i mean we only spent an hour trying to get recording on zoom working today so how how bad could it be yeah no it'll, it'll be fine it'll be fine yeah we went to school for this we went to audio school yeah, it's fine. I, it's fine. I believe in us so have you been i've been doing okay things are occurring um me and Eric have been watching Yu-Gi-Oh! to pass the time. It's been great. That's pretty good. How are you? Things have been pretty good. Alice has returned to work today, unfortunately for me. Boo. Yeah. Um, just been watching YouTube. I finished my blanket. Been picking up some books, cleaning, you know. Mm-hmm quarantine stuff but putting animal crossing i put over 360 hours in oh <laughs> that's cute are you ready oh. are you ready hold on i i have a not updated number but let me get the the current number <clears throat> yes well, I, that's not an updated number either that number is from like friday okay um let me see how do i check that you go to like your profile uh-huh Okay. Cosmo's having a nightmare. Oh no, Cosmo. All right, so I have played 475 hours or more of Animal Crossing good during quarantine. Job. Is it a good job? I feel like I'm not doing a good job. I mean, I've heard of people who have over 600 hours, but I mean... Okay, so, you know, I don't feel as bad anymore, honestly. There's nothing wrong with playing Animal Crossing in quarantine, guys. Just kidding. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. It's, um, it's a nice mental health break. It's nice having cute little animals tell you how much they appreciate you. Until they move. <laughs> I can't believe you're letting Bruce move. I, I'm sorry. It's just like I never got like super attached to him. And it's like also... I, I feel bad saying no when they want to move also because it's like, you know, they clearly want to. And it's like, I want to explore the world and see more things. And then you're just like, no, forget the world. Just stay with me. Stay with me forever. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely villagers that I'm going to do that with. But, you know, for everyone else, I'm kind of on the fence on. I'm just like, I don't want to stop you from living your dream. I suppose. Oh, real quick, before we get into the uh, topic, do we just want to remind people of the P.O. Box? 
I guess we do now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes, we actually do have a P.O. box open right now. Uh, so if you found like a really cool shiny rock that you want us to have, uh, we will open whatever you send us on air. I don't know how long we're going to keep that specific box open because of reasons that are happening in life. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, DM us and we will give you the address. I just don't want to post it publicly. And then if someone were to find it a few months down and be like, oh, I put this address, but it said return to sender. And I'll be like, yeah, because I closed that one and I forgot to delete it off our profile because I'm a forgetful person. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, I didn't even think we're going. We would have the need for a PO box. It is something oh God, I've seen either. <laughs> it is something that I've seen like other people do, and I'm just like, uh, maybe further down the line, you know, it'd be cool. But you know, someone wanted to send this stuff, and like, of course, I, I want to know. But you know, like we said in our original story when we announced it, don't feel pressured. Like you have to send us something or Mm -hmm. you know have to go out of your way to get something fancy for us like literally if you want to send us rocks i will gladly take it yeah i mean i think we've made it clear that we both love rocks yeah (laughs) so if you would like to send us something we would cry over it the address is there but please do not feel pressure to send us anything yes so if you find something cool, if there's, like, a leaf on the ground that reminds you of us. <laughs> Specific leaf. Yes. Uh, we will split custody of it, and we will update its journeys back and forth between us. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be something cute we could do. We could show it, like, in stories on our Instagram and stuff. <laughs> I actually like that idea. Okay, um, someone send us a leaf. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, honestly, I just want people sending us, like, vague things, like, here's three seashells and, you know, an unused Chuck E. Cheese token. Honestly, that's worth more than money to me. Oh, yeah, especially now since, like, most of them are gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, this is probably gonna get cut, but what did the, did the person who originally asked us for the P.O., like, to send us something, did they say what they were sending us? They asked me if I wanted to know and I said no. Okay. I want to be surprised. All right. I look forward to getting a package of anthrax then. <laughs> I hope it's moths. I hope it's a moth box too. <laughs> <laughs> I right. love everybody. Me too. Send us your moths at <laughs> Alright, so P.O. box plug, plug out plug, of plug. the way. Yes. All right, so I always ask you, Allison, what are we talking about today? What if one time I don't know what we're talking about? What are we going to do? Panic. (laughs) We're just going to have, like, an existential crisis. You know, just like a regular Tuesday. BRB, cough drop break. Well, now that it's just the two of us. I can say whatever I want. So, how you been? You been doing all right? You, uh, you read any good books lately? I like that book, too. How about that, uh, that sports ball yesterday? That was crazy, right? I've never seen someone footbally like that before. 
okay, so I actually don't have cough drops, mm -hmm. but I have this sore throat logic, so hopefully that works. I mean, I have cough drops, but they're Alice's, and she gets, like, the super intense stuff. Yeah, no, I hate cough drops. They're just the bane of my existence. I hate them. They're disgusting. I don't know, I don't understand people who actually like them. People put them away like they're candy, and I'm just like, you're incorrect. Unrelated, but I feel like it's important. I'm in a Snuggie right now. That is very important, and I'm very proud. Thank you. Also, um, I feel like I should just mention, I'm fine, guys. This is just allergies. No, Sylvia, you coughed once. 2319. I'm fine. I always get, like, a little spring, spring cold. Yeah, like, this, this happened at the worst possible time, because no one knows what anything is anymore. I never know what anything is, ever. <laughs> Listen here. Just like how I don't know what today's episode is. Allison, what is it? Alright, I wrote it down on my hand, thank goodness. So, today we will be telling more scary stories, and not just any scary stories, we're going to be sharing some local legends from New Jersey, our beautiful home state, and dare I say it, the gothest of states. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty fair title. Like, name another one. Go ahead. You're going to tell me Florida's more goth? No. <laughs> Maybe Massachusetts? Massachusetts is up there. All right, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say maybe Massachusetts. New Jersey is literally, like, the unpopular goth kid that sits by themselves at lunchtime of the United States. Yeah. I know that we did kind of, sort of, mention some, like, stories before, but we never really got into, like, urban legends and in great detail. So <clears throat> that's what you guys get today. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you a historical lesson on New Jersey. New Jersey was founded in 1926. It absolutely was not. Who's going first? Do you want to go first? Do I want to go first? I mean, I, I don't have... even know what you're doing, actually, because <laughs> you change your topics. Yeah, I wanted it to be a surprise. One of them might be cheating, but we'll see. So, okay, I'll, go, I'll start it off. I really wanted to cover Westminster Academy in Elizabeth, but I cannot find anything about it online, and it's really annoying. So I will just relay my own, you know, what I heard as a kid and all the, the holes that come with that and the, the lack of information. So this is going to be a short one, but this one had, I had like the most emotional connection to because I had a few cousins that went to that school. So the story with Westminster, well, it's no longer called Westminster Academy. It's now called Dr. Orlando. I'm really going to butcher this name, but it looks Portuguese. So maybe, you know, Ederia? I guess Ederia? it's Ed Ederia Academy number 26. Just in case there are other ones out there that you might get confused with. Mm-hmm. But before it was a school, it used to be an orphanage. At least the legend, how, that's how the legend goes. I could not find anything to back this up at all. <laughs> so I, apparently orphanages are just destined to be haunted because I, I didn't know, like, no one told me, it's like, oh, you know, they used to abuse the kids or some of the kids died. It was just, it was an orphanage and that's why it's haunted. 
like that's enough reason. <laughs> so yeah, uh, legend said that it was an orphanage beforehand. It was called Westminster Orphanage. And that closed down at some big point in history. And then that's when the school opened. And I heard so many rumors about the school growing up. Like I said, I had two cousins that went there and they were saying all the time, there were ghosts of children that would run around the halls. You did not want to go into the basement because in the basement, there was a janitor who committed suicide down there. And you would like, he would like attack people, anyone who went down there. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird because at the time, I remember a lot of people talking about it and there being like articles everywhere saying like, this is one of the most haunted places in New Jersey. And now I can't find anything. It's like I had, I knew so many people that had experiences there and now I can't find anything about it, which is really interesting because it's just, it goes to show like, you know, local legends, they sometimes get lost and it's sad. So you just got to keep that tradition up. That's all I remember about it. Apparently, it became not haunted once they changed the name, because now I haven't heard anything about it. That, so, or maybe they, like, exercised it over the summer. Maybe. I don't know. And also, I don't know if you know. You probably do. I probably mentioned it. I absolutely mentioned it, now that I realize it. But our high school was also, like, supposedly an orphanage back in the day and also built on a swamp <laughs> so if it's built on a swamp it has to be haunted yep okay. i mean it was also catholic so it's oh, oh my god so yeah. Haunted. yeah no anything any as long as it's a catholic school or some kind of christian school it definitely has like at least three ghosts at least three. The halls. at least that's just like a recipe for a haunting. Because I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that that was the, the rumor too, was that Westminster Academy used to be like a Catholic or Christian orphanage. So it's like, okay, now it's just, there, there was no hope for it ever. Now it's super haunted. I wonder like, this must be like, there has to be some fact in this because considering Westminster Academy and our high school, they're not that far from one another. Uh-huh. And they both have, like, the same origin story. And I'm pretty sure other schools also have this story, so. Yeah, no, my elementary school had the exact same story. I mentioned it on the podcast where, but we knew for a fact it used to be an orphanage. It definitely oh, was. <laughs> and, and then it became haunted because orphans. Poor orphans. orphans. Yeah, no, they're getting a bad rap. Yeah. Like, like, they don't have it hard enough, you know, they have a hard life, and then, you know, they just haunt places. That's interesting, though, because I've never heard of that one specifically. Yeah, no, this was, like, a big thing. I remember, like, my cousin who went there, her younger brother didn't end up going there, but even like when he would go with his mom to pick her up from school there would be you know occurrences he would see like things like floating around you know our favorite orbs can't you can't go wrong with a, a good old orb 
Also, uh, real quick side note, uh, don't go to this place to see if it's haunted or not. It is a functioning school, and you will probably get arrested. Yeah, don't break it. Don't break into places to try to see if they're haunted. Yeah, because either you will find a ghost and get exactly what you wanted, or you'll get arrested or hurt. Or you'll find yourself in handcuffs. But not because you were arrested. Yeah. No, you'll just randomly be in handcuffs. I mean, uh, depending on the person, that might not be too bad. This is not that podcast. <laughs> Let me tell you where you can find that podcast. <laughs> There's just like a secret, not safe for work version of this podcast somewhere. It's the one where I curse all the time. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Sylvia says the heck words. Like it's, I normally do. Yeah, like you don't ever. <laughs> oh, I just swallowed my lodging. Are you okay? <clears throat> yeah, I just wasn't expecting that to happen. Caught me by surprise. See, that's why I don't trust that stuff. I don't know how, but my mom can fall asleep with cough drops in her mouth and not die. Mom, no. I know. She's just like, she's developed this skill. She's been doing it for decades. And I'm just like, how? How? Oh, I don't God. I don't trust myself fully <clears throat> conscious to not do that. Oh, I have like another snippet because I felt bad like that was like a half story. Okay. So I I compensated by covering another thing real quick that I wanted to talk about. All right, lay it on me. Well, Sylvia, have you ever heard of the Seabrook Wilson house, aka the spy house? <gasps> no. <laughs> All right, so this is in Port Monmouth, which I've never heard of in my life. Do you know where that is? Um, no. Okay, so it's somewhere in New Jersey. Um, I was really interested in this because I remember a lot of these stories, well, pretty much all of mine stem from weird New Jersey articles I remember reading as a kid and like dug up in preparation for this episode. So I remember seeing about the spy house a lot, a lot, and I never read about it because spies didn't interest me, and I was like, I don't care about spies. <laughs> well, let me tell you, it's really interesting because it's a completely manufactured haunting that somehow people just ran away with, like their imagination just took them to a completely different level. So it's often regarded as one of the most haunted locations in the United States, even though we know for a fact that it's just an old house and the haunting can be traced back to a very specific curator that worked there, who basically made it up in the 60s so that um, more visitors would come to the house. Always a good plan. Yeah, no, I'm sure ghost hunters would love to know that this is entirely fake. <laughs> mm -hmm. Meanwhile, like, Zach is in there, and he's like, oh my god, everything's real. Is someone spying on us in the spy house with a spy? This portal from the other world just opened to the spy dimension. I hate right. that man. I love that man. <laughs> Me too. 
The original house was built in 1663. It's no longer standing. However, later on, I'm not going to read the whole history of this house to you. Just basically the gist of it is, is that it's a very old historic house that does have historic merit outside of the haunting. But, you know, it's not particularly famous. So that's when in the 60s, a part-time curator slash caretaker named Gertrude Needlinger, Neidlinger, I'm probably butchering that name. She basically made up a story that originally the house was a tavern during the War for Independence and that the owner of the tavern would pretend to be friendly to British troops in order to spy on them. And that's where it got the name the Spy House. Um, there's literally no evidence to back this up. But, you know, people swear up and down that you can see British troops, you know, existing, vibing as ghosts to this very day, even though it's based in literally zero fact at all. Interesting thing, though. Um, so they do have ghost tours, and uh, the curator who originally made up the ghost stories and, like, this fake history that used to be a tavern that, you know, spies would frequent, um, on the ghost tours that they run at the spy house, they will say that she is now haunting the building because apparently she just could not separate herself from it. That's a toxic relationship. She needs help. I know, right? I just... Girl, don't be lying about the spy house and then bind yourself forever to the spy house. Mm-hmm. So, I still see this regularly make lists where it's like most haunted places in America. Even though we can basically most of the history that we think we know about it is fake. Basically all the hauntings are just tied back to a marketing gimmick. Isn't that great? Also their hours are kind of ridiculous. So it's only open to the public from April to October from 1 to 4 p.m. on Sundays only. Yeah, that's lame. And that's the story of the dreaded spy house. It's Yay. all fake. Now let me tell y'all about something that certainly ain't fake. These legends are probably all fake. Are you telling me there wasn't an orphanage filled with spies that haunted the school? Probably not. <gasps> but I'm not a historian, so what do I know? When are we going to get the spy orphanage movie? I'm working on it. Come on, that would be an amazing story. Like, if you're going to make up a story about a haunting, just really go all out and say, like, the, the orphans were being trained to spy on, I don't know, the Russians. Isn't that Spy Kids? No. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to tell you guys about the one, the only, the world famous Jersey Devil. <clears throat> I feel so bad. I feel like your story is like those perfect cakes that Jacques makes on uh, Nailed It, and then my like two half stories <laughs> at the beginning are like the very sad, 
no buttercream, barely held together, burnt cakes. <laughs> okay, but like, no. <laughs> Trust me, it gets better. I, I did do two very big stories from Jersey later on. But first, mm-hmm. let's hear about the devil from Joyzy. Joyzy. <clears throat> So the Jersey Devil, you could find him lurking in the Pine Barrens, which is South Jersey. He is a flying biped with hooves, kangaroo-like body, um, a goat or horse head, leathery bat wings, horns, small arms and clawed hands like a T-Rex, and a forked tail. Yeah, um, he's kind of a mess. I love him. He's kind of a looker. Yeah, no, like, has anyone ever, like, theorized that he might be a chimera? No, what's a chimera? It's kind of like a combination of animals, so that's just what he sounds like to me. Hold on, let me get the actual definition of a chimera. Yeah, um, in Greek mythology, it's a monster, it's a very specific monster, but it's basically made of different animals. Like different parts, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just thinking of back to Full Metal Alchemist. You you know the famous episode with the girl and her dog, right? Yeah, that would be considered a chimera. It's just like a fusion of different living creatures. Anyway, I don't I don't mean to distract. That's just my no, no. my question. Um, the thing I find interesting is the like kangaroo part. Yeah, because. This legend starts in, like, Quaker time. Quaker time? (laughs) Like, what's the date here? 1735? Like, did they even know what a kangaroo was? Well, yeah, I mean, back then we had the famous Jersey kangaroos. Oh, right, right, sorry. (laughs) So, there is a date behind this. It all leads back to the Leeds family. Uh, Leads to the Leeds Ah, I didn't notice that. And the devil was the Leeds family's 13th child. So Jane Leed, also known as Mother Leeds, this is the version of the story I got from like Wikipedia, and then I'll say the story that I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, upon finding out that she was pregnant with her 13th child, cursed it in frustration, saying that the child itself would be a devil. The story I heard was that the Leeds family was, like, Satan worshippers, like, Satan worshippers. <laughs> Satan worshippers, like, Satan worshippers. <laughs> and they were purposefully trying to birth, like, a devil. So when she was pregnant for the 13th time, she was like, please, 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 please. <laughs> well, I mean, she got her wish. She definitely did. Because in, when she was in labor... She gave, it was apparently a stormy night that was important. And it was she also birthed, dark. <clears throat> well, if it's night, it's probably dark. <laughs> she birthed her 13th child, and at first, everything was normal, and then the baby started to transform into the description I just gave earlier. Horse head, little arms, tail. He apparently killed everything in the room and flew away through the chimney. 
and now haunts the Pine Barrens. So he's like opposite Santa. Yes. Yes. <laughs> also, you can't tell me that the Jersey Devil would not make an adorable villager. Oh, he absolutely would. Someone, please get on this. But um, the story, the version of the story I always heard was the first one where she was just so upset about giving birth to a 13 child that she put a curse on it. And honestly, I would too. I mean, yeah, this is the 1700s and you're birthing a 13th baby. Like, oh my god, stop. Yeah, it's like, please, you, you, you've been fruitful enough. Just no more. <laughs> Another variation is that the father was just, like, a devil himself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, there is some actual, like, history that points to this. Like, the 1735 wasn't just completely random. A lot of people theorize that Jane was actually Deborah Leeds. And people point to her since her husband, Jeffet, I think it's pronounced. Jeffet? Um, yeah. Okay. He names 12 children on his will. And mm-hmm. another idea is that it was Daniel Leeds, whose third wife birthed nine children. People don't know how many children he had in total, but at least that one wife had nine. And the thing is, there was just a lot of, like, political slander around him. Mm-hmm. He was very into, like, pagan and astrology and Christian occultism and mythicism. Oh, and, so I'm sure he just got slaughtered. Yeah, and you know, he's like, I'm a Quaker, and the Quakers are like, no, you ain't. So, Good. there's that. <laughs> I think I already said the story before where I was in the Pine Barrens, did I? Did you find him? No. Um, I'll just surmise it quickly. Uh, we were driving through the Pine Barrens, didn't know we were in the Pine Barrens, which, by the way, the Pine Barrens are heckin' haunted, not just by the devil. There's a lot of ghosts and spooks there. <laughs> you know you're in a bad place when the devil is, like, the least of your worries. Oh, honestly, he is absolutely the the least, least, least of your worries. <laughs> um, but No, I was gonna say, he just, like, flies up to you and, like, so gives you some directions and flies away. Basically, um, we were driving there at night. It is pitch black. There's no lights, nothing. Cars occasionally. We saw, like, headlights in the distance. And mm-hmm. we're like, okay, cool, whatever. A car's coming. And the road's, like, a little hilly, so there's, like, a lot of dips and stuff. Uh-huh. So the car, like, dips down, and we're like, oh, whatever, like, not thinking about it. And then, like, 12 minutes later, we're like, wait a minute, that car never dipped back up. Where did it go? There's no, like, side roads to go through. So, it just vanished. It was the devil mobile. Yep. Absolutely. I can see no other explanation. All right, Allison. Give me another story. All right. So, after my my very sad two burnt cakes, are you ready I don't, I don't count this one as cheating, but also I think someone would count this as cheating. Because it's not really a myth or a legend, but it gained mythic and legendary status among many New Jerseyans. Because I'm going to talk about 
some of the history behind Action Park. Oh boy. <laughs> so I don't want to make the whole episode just Action Park, but there's a lot to talk about with this place. It, it needs to, we need to like sit Action Park down and then be like, y'all, you need Jesus. They made a movie about it. They did. And they're making a documentary about it. Oh, I gotta see that documentary. Yes. So, if you were to ask people, like, maybe like Generation X, um, one of the most New Jersey things in the world, it would be getting hurt at Action Park. <laughs> Action Park is a staple of New Jersey. It's like Wawa and Rita's. It's up there. Mm-hmm. Wait, Rita's is a Jersey thing? Apparently. I don't, I don't know where this came from, but like certain people, they're like, oh, Rita's is your favorite ice cream, and that's how you know you're from New Jersey. And I'm like, one, they're all right. B, there are not that many near me. Same with Wawa. Like, I didn't, I, I told this story on the podcast, but I hadn't been to a Wawa until I went to Philly. Yeah. You know, it's another New Jersey thing that we could just insert here real quick. What? Mischief Night? Apparently that's a thing, like, around the country. No, I've heard that it's only, like, a Jersey thing, that whenever people bring it up, they're like, what? Really? Because I've heard, well, I know some, some other states call it, like, Devil's Night. All right, comment down below. Do you guys have a Mischief <laughs> Night slash Devil's Night? <laughs> like the video, comment down below. Hit the okay. bell. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the disaster known as Action Park. Yes. So Action Park proper was built in, well, it started, it was born in 1978, and it stayed open until 1996. So about 18 years that this park was open. So it originally started as like a quick way for a ski lodge in Vernon. So this takes place in Vernon, New Jersey. So it originally started as basically a few slides that a ski resort in Vernon had so that they can make some money off season. And these were called Alpine slides and they became one of the most infamous additions of Action Park later on. I'm sorry, can you tell me one more time when did this park close? This closed in 1996. So I was probably around one. <laughs> Okay. Or less. Who knows? <laughs> or less. One or less. <laughs> so yes, they wanted to make some money off season, so they opened up some slides, and the slides were wildly popular. So they're like, hey, if this is so popular, maybe we can add more stuff so there's more things to do off season. So slowly they started adding more and more to it, making more like a summer sort of attraction. So there was a bunch of water slides. There was a basically a water park that was part of it. They eventually added a skate park, which only lasted for about a year because it was built horribly. They had go-karts, basically everything that would be like a teenager's dream. And then it all went to heck. Tell me more. Interesting side note, though. This is actually... Um, considered one of the very first water parks 
So like the main focus was, like I said, it was a summer attraction. So it was designed to be very summery. So there was pools, water slides, like I said, um, you can, essentially there was one quote unquote ride where you could just dive off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And while that's really cool that it could be considered one of the first water parks, that is also something that was kind of worked against its favor and kind of led to why it was just so bad because a lot of the rides were basically people just throwing things out there and seeing what stuck because a lot of this hadn't been done before so it's like eh, let's just make a regular slide but also water that that looks right right so they were stepping into new territory, and because of that, they didn't really know what they were doing. Hmm. There, was, there was also some allegations that their ride engineers were not the best trained. And if you look at any pictures of their rides, it looks like they're being held together with duct tape and, like, staples, honestly. Yeah, it was. It's, it's not cute. Yeah. It just, it looks like a very sad like industrial park that was made over with like made with spare parts that someone found in a junkyard very very cute <laughs> so that's one of the things that people say was a point again action park one of the other things is that they openly served alcohol there constantly and they did not care to check people's ID cards. So alcohol was free-flowing everywhere. Um, a lot of the employees were local teenagers. And you know how those teenagers be doing. You tell them to do one thing and they will not listen. Mm-mm, crazy so, teens. Yep. So they would be drunk during work and also they would have these crazy legendary after parties in the park after it closed and also because you know silly teenagers they would frequent they were frequently known to like modify the rides so that you know they can have like a little bit more of a thrill with them because a lot of them were very basic rides So you have all this going on, you know, the rides are already not great to begin with, but then you have inexperienced and drunk teenagers tampering with them. Apparently, like, even if visitors paid them off, they would, you know, like, modify certain rides for them, depending on what they wanted to get out of the experience. You know, this is all fine. There was, I don't know, there's, like, no regulations I think it's because it was so unprecedented that people didn't know what to do with Action Park when, you know, things started like, hey, this is like kind of concerning. Mm -hmm. uh, why is no one stopping this? <laughs> Were there like, I don't know, was there like a, a bureau of like park safety? I, there should be, because I know Great Adventure 100% existed at the same time. Action Park was kind of seen as, like, a cheaper alternative. Mm-hmm. So, there, there had to have been something. But, 
it's like I, I don't know how but the team behind action park just constantly was able to finagle their way out of lawsuits and inspection despite the fact that there are six at least at least six known fatalities chalked up to the park only six um, that we know of <laughs> yeah so one of the most dangerous areas of the park was the pool that was called the tidal wave pool and basically it was your standard gigantic pool area nothing too fancy except that every once in a while the waves like they would generate waves in it and apparently the waves could reach up to like three feet oh my god now allegedly there was always 12 lifeguards on hand except there were three fatalities chalked up to it. So half of the park's fatalities were just in this pool. Yes. I don't know if it was like, well, I mean, if your lifeguard's drunk, you're probably not going to have a good chance. There were records that they would have to save multiple people a day in the tidal wave pool. And one of their arguments for why, like, this wasn't so so bad is that relatively like considering the park would bring in about a million people a year so just having a few fatalities like factorially wasn't too bad which you know that's always a good argument yeah you know if you've got a million m&ms and only six of them are poisonous only six of them die (laughs) yeah no it's fine I remember reading in Weird New Jersey that originally the bottom of the tidal wave pool was blue, but then they painted it white, and like the legend was that they painted it white so you can see the bodies of anyone that was like floating better. Oh my god. Yeah. It's, are the, is like the skeleton of this park still up? Because like, I bet that's so haunted. We'll get to that. Oh, goody. <laughs> so, actually, I, I jumped ahead a little bit. So the first recorded death was in 1980. And that's when a park employee was riding the Alpine Slide, which was one of the first attractions for it, you know, back when it was still m- mainly a ski resort. His car just literally flew off the track and sent him careening into a rock and it eventually killed him. Didn't kill him on the spot, but he suffered injuries so great that it did take his life in the end. That's horrible. And then 1982 was actually the worst year fatalities because there were two. There was one drowning in the tidal wave pool and there was another infamous incident where someone on a kayak ride fell out of the kayak and was attempting to get back at the boat but somehow there was he stepped on a grate and near that grate was some exposed electrical wire so it literally electrocuted him to death what the what yeah you know you need electric wire in the Car- the, the ca- kayak experience, you know. 
I'm speechless. Yeah, I, I don't know how you manage that. So, you know, this caused a lot of controversy. Um, the, the ride was completely gutted and they were doing inspection. So the area in the cable where they say that, you know, it was touching the grate that led to the electrocution. They said, the park originally said that it was just a small space, but some people say it was up to eight inches of exposed cable. It's fine. And ultimately the park was not prosecuted in any way. No, of course not. Yeah, no, it was a freak accident that the wire was exposed and directly on a metal grate. Who could have foreseen this? No one. Nope. How could you? So, because of just how, like, legendarily bad the park was, some people actually started theorizing that the park's creators were doing this on purpose. They just purposely made a terrible park to hurt and injure people. And I don't want to say that's true. I just, I think that's giving them too much credit. I think they just straight up didn't care. That honestly sounds about right. Yeah, because it's like, I guess in this scenario, Six Flags was seen as like the prim and proper alternative, but then like Action Park is where you can go to hang out. It got a very big following with local teenagers, you know, who have lots of disposable income. So, you know, they're making the big bucks off of that. And they're like, oh, you know, we're just too cool for you guys. We're too cool for regulations as they mm -hmm. skateboard away. So, interestingly enough, Action Park was in its heyday from about 1980 to 1985, which is, if you cross-reference it with when the fatalities happened, that's when five of them happened. All right, my question, question. before I was rudely interrupted by a dog. <laughs> um, wasn't Action Park cheaper also than Six Flags? Yes. There we go. So it was, it was a bit of both. It was like the atmosphere and also the fact that it had this you know, it was a lot cheaper, and for some residents, it was closer, so it's like, eh, you know, Action Park is the cool one. It's the one that, you know, gets me, man. Yeah, because I know my parents went there a few times, so. Yeah, and, um, you know, as more and more of the legend surrounding it built up, that also added to it, because it sort of became like a rite of passage for teenagers to go and then injure themselves at Action Park. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. So the park originally disputed the electrocution death because um, the uh, body of the visitor wasn't burnt. But um, it's very rare that you see burning in water-based electrocutions. And just the fact that they would like fight that just reminds me of the, uh, the myth that no one dies at Disneyland. Did you ever hear about that? I think I have, but, like, it was just so stupid, I completely ignored it. <laughs> yeah, so the thing with that is that people say that there's this myth, it's not true, but legally, park employees at Disneyland do not allow people to die there, so they'll rush people in an ambulance off the property so that they can't say that someone technically died in the park. 
which that's that's not true if you look into any accident that's happened there but i mm-hmm. kind of feel that like that's the case with action park where originally it's just like uh you know it could have happened to anyone at any park yeah i mean you know shit just happens you just get electrocuted while you're in a canoe it yeah happen anywhere I mean, it happened to me at least five times today. Yeah. So, yeah. Even after all this nonsense, like I said before, it kind of built up the mythos of Action Park. So not only were more teenagers going, but, you know, it kind of became a symbol of counterculture. There was actually a episode of uh, Headbangers Ball, which is a show that MTV used to air back when it cared about music that was filmed there. And it has like the presenter and the band that he was interviewing going on rides in between talking about their music. Yeah. Which, you know, perfect. That sounds great. You know, you, you might die or get seriously maimed that's fine yeah like i know this is your story but i want to quickly put this into perspective for the listeners Mm -hmm. i know we're saying like maybe some people are thinking oh you know six deaths after millions of visitors isn't that big of a deal but also consider that if you didn't leave action park with an injury you were lucky yeah no because I, I was actually getting to that. So, oh, um, sorry. So just no, cut no, all that out. No, no, no. It's all good. So kind of going off of that, the um, local ambulance force, actually, they contested something that Action Park said because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, the fatalities are relatively low and so are the park injuries. And they're like, that's absolutely not true because we've averaged that every day about five to ten people were sent from the park to the emergency room a day you know not even a week that's just daily they the first responders just got so used to going to the park constantly that they could name exact numbers and they said that most of the time these people were intoxicated and a lot of times they were also underaged mm-hmm so just further adding to the complete lawlessness that was going on. I found this kind of insulting, but at one point, the park actually donated new ambulances to the city of Vernon. Yeah, it's almost as if they're like saying, hey, we know that we're taking up a whole bunch of your ambulances, so we're just going to make new ones to make this easier for everyone. Basically, yeah. And it's like, can you imagine, like if there was like god forbid like a fire or something happening in another part of town and they're like oh sorry we can't really respond to that because all of our forces are down at action park right now oops (laughs) so eventually the heyday of action park passed gen x's were like oh yeah no that was really stupid and i'm lucky i have my life with me still so um maybe we should stop going there yeah, and that makes sense because it's decrease and eventual close is around the time that we were born. So our parents went when they were young and crazy, and then they stopped. 
yeah, essentially is what it works out to. And surprisingly, Action Park, once it went under, it became the site of a Mountain Creek water park. Oh. Have you been to Mountain Creek? I have. Is it any good? I've never been. Um, my one memory. <laughs> oh, no. Is that, um, we were on this, like, crazy, like, raft ride. Uh-huh. It was called the Colorado River. Mm-hmm. And I recall it so fondly because I fell out of that inner tube, like, five times. Oh, good. I'm glad that Mountain Creek is, uh, you know, living beyond the expectations set by Action Park. Yeah, and you know what's weird is, like, that's what I loved about it, because I love that, like, I kept falling out, I had to, like, run back. It's these huge inner tubes, you know, like, the ones the whole family's in? Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm just like, oh, that makes sense. Yep. Um, so, from what I've seen, no one's like, Mountain Creek is haunted, and if they did, I would fight them. But, um, Surprise, surprise, that was not the end of Action Park, for you see, it got a sequel in 2014. Electric Boogaloo. Yes. <laughs> uh, action Park, back in action. Revelations. hmm But yes, so it came back very briefly. Part of Mountain Creek was also a ski area, which, you know, it seems like we left behind years ago. Mm-hmm. you know who cares about skiing in New Jersey and then that part was kind of reformed into Action Park Part 2 so it opened in 2014 and then it closed in 2016 I am so surprised yeah it seemed like it was all kind of just an attempt to bank off the Action Park name, because at this point, it just became such a meme between New Jerseyans. That's <laughs> like, oh, we could definitely make money back if we just call it Action Park again. And I kind of wanted to have it have that edgy feel to it, but also they wanted to make sure people didn't die this time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like eh. I don't think it was going to work either way. Yeah. It's like, you know, people loved Action Park because it was basically like a Mad Max movie. And you could just do whatever the heck you wanted. But yeah. you can't... Huh? I said, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you can't really do that and also be a responsible company. So, I think that's why it didn't really work. So, <clears throat> yeah, there's an Action Park documentary in the works. I think from what I've seen, it's going to be a full-length movie. So that's going to be interesting. But for now, we have Mountain Creek Water Park. I don't know if any of Action Park is still, like, standing. Like, if they have any terrible, like, duct tape rides that you can look at and be like, this is where it happened. What is that movie called that's based off of Action Park? There's, um, from what I saw, there's a few of them. There was one... It was called like Adventureland that was kind of based on Action Park and then there was another one called Action Point. That's that the was one, Action like, Point. It was just like exact ripoff of what happened. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of, Action Point. It's pretty much 
you know, the retelling of Action Park. Good. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's funny this time because it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly. I remember hearing, like, a story where at one point when they were testing something for Action Park, and I think this made it into the movie. I didn't see Action Point, but they put, like, a test dummy down the slide. And it came down in pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they were like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I've heard that legend too. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, but given the park's reputation, I I wouldn't be entirely surprised if that had happened. <laughs> and I know like the teenagers who like ran the park, they were also like the live test dummies. So like after that one, the guy was like, okay. Who's first? Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to get dismembered first? It's so oh funny. I remember, um, so if Action Park hadn't closed, uh, my dad was already talking about taking me there when I was older, even though I was, like, a fetus when it closed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, at some point we're going to have to take Allie to Action Park. And then it never happened. Yeah, I think my uncle ended up in the like seriously injured from action oh, park God. so my parents were like yeah no yeah no like people only focus on the fatalities but there were a lot of serious injuries like concussions lots of head injuries mm-hmm. fractures broken bones lacerations it's just everywhere every day yeah i think my uncle had to get stitches i don't yeah. remember exactly the exact details of it but that just sounds right in my head so uh moral of the story don't go to action park except you also can't now <laughs> love it and that's the story of new jersey monument action park yay all right my next story is also kind of cheating i guess because i mean i guess not because it is sort of a legend now oh man are you gonna talk about great adventure <laughs> no are you gonna talk about Wawa? No. <laughs> the haunted Wawa. Do you want to take another guess or? Um, let's see. So it's kind of not entire. Wait, so is it like Action Park where it's a real thing that just became legendary? Yeah. Okay. Um, Tops Diner. I've never been there. You need to go to Tops. I've been told. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like walk over to your house right now and take you there. Remember when we were hanging out on Halloween and everyone was really confused because we didn't know if people were saying "Let's go meet at Tops" or "Trops." Yeah, which is why I don't call Tropicana Trops. Anyway. It's also not even close, but <laughs> yeah, no, they're not even. I can't, they're not even apples and oranges. It's like apples and steak. Yeah. It's also, like, like fake apples. Like, the kind that you get in school lunch where it's, like, pre-cut and it comes in a wet bag. They're like, they're like McDonald's apples. Okay. McDonald's apples versus steak. Yes. Anyway. Um, no, it's not. Um, I'm gonna do the Watcher House. Oh, man. BuzzFeed Unsolved. Hit us up. Did BuzzFeed Unsolved do this? Yeah, they, they got like super famous because they did a video on the Watcher House. Are you serious? Yeah. 
That was like one. That's like one of their most popular videos. Wow, I was uh, completely unaware. Yeah, um, I don't like Buzzfeed Unsolved. That's a story for another podcast. Um, yeah. Um, so I haven't seen it. So I haven't either. But the Watcher House is this address is everywhere, so I don't feel bad giving it out on podcasts. Uh-huh. It is located at 657 Boulevard, Westfield, New Jersey, and it was purchased for $1.3 million. Wait, Sylvia, that's my address. Well, you should have told me first. I didn't know you lived in a $1.3 million house. Joke's on you. I was the watcher this whole time. Well, mystery solved, guys. <laughs> Maybe the watcher was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> We'll get to theories about who the Watcher was. So you're probably wondering, who is the Watcher? What is the Watcher house? Well, it's better if you just hear the story. Derek and Maria Bodos. How do you say their last name? How would you say their last name? I don't know. It's like, whatever. Derek and Maria. They bought the house back in 2014. And only three days after moving in, well, they didn't, I'm sorry, three days after buying the house, because they didn't actually move in. They were still, like, moving over from their previous house. So three days after buying it, they receive a letter in the mail. And the letter reads, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. Is it now my? It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you there? I'll find out. So they receive a very cryptic letter in the mail. Basically, this person saying that he, or we're assuming he and his family have been watching this house, like, through the generations. And they also imply that there's something hiding in the house and that there's this, like, quote-unquote second coming. So it's just very eerie and unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um, the owners didn't waste any time you know they brought this to the police they contacted the previous owners and the police were basically like excuse me the the police burped at them (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know pretty sure they did (laughs) the police were basically like this is weird but unfortunately we don't have anything to go about on this um let us know if anything else happens though yeah that's a that's a tough call you mm-hmm. can't really do much if it's just a not really even vaguely threatening letter. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of were writing it off as, like, this is probably just kids, like, messing around. Yeah. And the previous owners said, like, oh, yeah, you know, we got a letter in the mail not long, you know, after selling it. And it was something about a watcher, but, like, we didn't really pay it any mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now there's, they're, they're at a standstill. There's nothing we could do. Um, apparently one of the neighbors before like they were fully moved in had actually quoted one of the watcher letters Mm -hmm. so that like kind of raised red flags 
And at this point, it's only really the guy who's coming here to, like, check up on the house and contractors who are fixing up the house. Mm-hmm. They had signs posted outside, and they were always constantly being, like, ripped off and destroyed. Mm-hmm. Two weeks after the first letter, they get a second letter. And this letter was a bit more disturbing because it was a lot more detailed. And details included the children's nicknames, which means that this watcher was also listening to them. Um, He knew the location of where one of the daughters was painting. And the only way you could see, like, where she was was if you were, like, looking into a certain window or basically, like, in the room. Mm -hmm. And the letter itself was just, like, a lot more unsettling. And I'm going to read it now. Oh, I'm shaking in my boots. <laughs> 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It's been years and years since the young blood ruled the halls of this house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It's far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the streets? I'll know as soon as you move in. It'll help me to know who's in which bedroom. Are you laughing? (laughs) Because Alice just like came over and yanked a pillow away from me. (laughs) I I thought you found this very funny. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. (laughs) Sylvia, were you the watcher this whole time? We'll get to that. Um, then I could plan better all the windows and doors of 657 Boulevard allow me to watch and track you as you move through the house who am I? I am the watcher and I've been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now the Woods family turned it over to you it was their time to move on and I kindly and kindly sold it for when I asked them to I pass by many times a day. It's my job. It's my life. It's my obsession. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought you here, and it is what fuels me, whatever. So, yeah, so not only does it mention details about, like, the kids and stuff, it also is, I mean, that's kind of unnerving to be like, are they going to play in the basement? That's a bad idea. And, you know, the whole, like, young blood, that's not cute. It's um, it's very interestingly written. I kind of want like a forensic linguist to just take this and pull it apart. That would be interesting. I wish someone would do that. Yeah, there has to be some sort of like analysis of the letters somewhere online. We should find them. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they didn't do that at this time. Um, but they stopped bringing the children to the house. Uh, good parents. Uh-huh. And now a police investigation has fully begun because now they're like, okay, yeah, this is a little more threatening. Yeah, no, they outright threatened the children. (laughs) They did have one main suspect, which was like a neighbor that was actually really close to the house too, who other neighbors had claimed was like, quote unquote, very off. Uh But, you know, upon interrogation and investigation, they didn't really have anything to go about. You know, he was pretty much as innocent as he could be, so that didn't really go anywhere. They hired, like, private investigators, and they looked into older documents of the house. That didn't go anywhere. 
um, on June 2nd, 2015, a whole year after buying the house, they decide to sue the original owners for not disclosing the letter that they had received, saying that, like, if you had told us about this, we would have never bought the house. Yeah. I'm I mean... Actually... Hmm? No, what? No, no, you go first. I want to I know what you have to say. Um, I was going to say, I'm actually not sure how that case went. I think it eventually didn't really go anywhere. But I know in Jersey, there are certain laws, like, you have to disclose these things about a house. Mm -hmm. But I think that falls under, like, if you didn't ask, we don't have to tell. Yeah, I was going to say, unless there was an outright crime that happened in the house, I feel like they don't really have a leg to stand on legally. Because if it was just one letter that the family received, which it sounds like the previous owners only received one letter, they probably just wrote it off as a joke and then, you know, didn't even think about it afterwards. Yeah. There was a DNA analysis also done on the letters. And fun fact, it pointed to a a female. Uh-huh. But again, they checked all their suspects and, like, no match. So the family is now stuck with this super creepy house that someone is claiming is watching and that there's something hidden in the walls and they don't know what to do. Yeah, and they also <laughs> sunk how much money into it? One More than 1.3, because they bought it for 1.3 million, but now they're like, you know, fixing it up. Oh yeah, no. There was an episode of Property Brothers already in progress. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Can that be like their Halloween specials, fixing up the watcher house? We've already discussed this HGTV Halloween special, Haunted Houses. Yeah. Just think about it. Property Brothers versus The Watcher. Who will win? <laughs> Probably The Watcher. So the family instead tried to like sell the house. Um, but one nice thing that the family did is whenever people were coming and interested in the house, they actually had the new owners read the letters themselves because they're like hey we don't want this to happen to you uh-huh this is why we're selling the house and everyone bailed out they're like you know okay thanks bye yeah she cute and all but um no <laughs> you know even dropping the price of the house just wasn't getting it anywhere no one wanted it mm-hmm. so then they tried to sell the land to the town and the people of Westfield, specifically that neighborhood, threw a conniption. I think they had like a two or three hour hearing on why that they cannot do that. And eventually the town ruled like, yeah, you can't do that then. Mm-hmm. Which just further like screwed over this family. Yeah, that's really weird. Um, eventually their solution was they started to rent the house. They had someone from like, I think Staten Island who was like, yeah, I don't care about all that. I'll stay in the house. But the rent that they were collecting, like, didn't even cover the mortgage, like, not at all. So they weren't even making money or, you know, repairing their losses on this. Yeah, they were still losing money. Mm -hmm. And they did have, like, a clause in their contract where more creepy letters came that the person could immediately get out of their lease. Uh Uh-huh. Like, these are kind of nice people, you know? They weren't like, I'm going to screw someone over. Yeah, no. Because they themselves got screwed over pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. And they got another letter. Oh, yay. What did it say? This one was basically the Watcher now angry that they're not there anymore. And 
he was being like super erratic and just like saying like you know i know you're looking for me i'm looking for you blah 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 i'm gonna read it actually this letter was super long so this is like two synopsises mm-hmm. <clears throat> violent winds and bitter colds the violent spiteful derek and his wench of a wife maria you wonder who the watcher is turn around idiots maybe you even spoke to me one of the one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher could be the watcher sounds pretentious i don't like him he is pretty pretentious uh i walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me i watched as you watched from the dark house in the attempt to find me telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. Maybe then like it mentioned like getting revenge on the people saying like I'll make it look like an accident. Mm -hmm. And this letter also revealed that basically the watcher was the one who started like the hearing and was like they can't tear down the house so implying that the whole neighborhood is in on it good yeah but again i mean i feel like we're gonna talk about this more it's like how much do you believe what the watcher is saying Mm -hmm. eventually the family was able to sell the house and the article I found, it said that they sold it for $1.4 million, but it was at a horrible loss. So I don't know how much property values went up. Yeah, I mean, it is Westfield, so, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's basically the story. Apparently, there are a bunch of, like, movie deals. I think Netflix ultimately won. So keep your eyes out for that. Oh my god, we're definitely watching that because it's gonna be like it's gonna be something terrible like The Boy where the watcher was the house the whole time or something. Mm -hmm. So fun fact, before this whole thing was settled like I remember driving past this house because like we thought it was fun and creepy. I was so mad, like I remember one time you guys went without me and I was like I want to see the house. Oh, it's so creepy because like everyone said that no one was there that it was empty mm-hmm. and like we were looking at it and i think like a light turned on and we just like freaked out and ran i don't care i'm not afraid of old people i mean the, <laughs> if the watcher if the watcher has been watching it for two decades he's probably like what in his 40s or something yeah so then just like tip him over and then he breaks his hip i'm not afraid of old rich people that's all westfield has I don't think 40-year-olds are at risk of breaking their hip. Break their hip. Okay. Allison said it, not me. (laughs) All right, so some fun theories. Um, The biggest one is that it was a scam by the neighbors. Uh Uh-huh. Because they didn't want anybody to renovate the house and Mm -hmm. to make it look different from the others. Yeah. Or, like, ruin you know, the neighborhood, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, a scam by the real estate agents. I don't know how that benefits anybody. Yeah, I was going to say, what would the real estate agent be getting out of this? Um, 
it was a big it was just a big publicity stunt which i also don't believe i mean yes they eventually did sell the rights to netflix but they lost so much money yeah, though they lost so much and they were under so much stress like the guy derek he even said like he wasn't even sure about buying the house like mm-hmm. he was really iffy in the beginning but like his wife kind of like convinced him like this is what our family needs yeah and then, of course, this was all just a prank by a neighbor that got way too out of hand. Yeah. What are your theories? So, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to be really boring. I don't think it's anything supernatural or, like, even weird happening. Westfield is very insular. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just the neighbors being, like, we don't like your kind around here because that's how Westfield people talk. But, um, you know, it's super rich, super ritzy, super insular. They probably just didn't want anyone like changing anything in the neighborhood. Because from what I understand about Westfield, they would be the type of town to be like, this is going to ruin the moral fiber of our community if we have a modern looking house. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much, yeah, what I was going at. What, how do you, what was this family? I'm trying to look them up now. Mm-hmm. B-O-A-D. I'm looking up, like, the father. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from what I understand, at one point, like, it was also a very religious town. So even if they weren't the right denomination, probably people were freaking out. Mm-hmm. What if I type in Watcher House into the images? Oh my goodness. I've seen like so many theories about it's a ghost. Like okay, no, here we go. everything the letters say is real. I mean, they're white, so they're white. I mean, so race isn't an issue. Yeah. Like I said, it could be religious or it just mm-hmm, could be mm-hmm. like you know, everyone in Westfield knows each other. They're still outsiders. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you the story of where I almost fought someone in Westfield? Please tell me about the story you almost about when you almost fought someone in Westfield. <laughs> so this is when Pokemon Go was still really big. Yes. And I was playing Pokemon Go while walking around with my two other friends. And we were just, like, walking, minding our own business. And this one guy, like, I paused to, like, catch a Pokemon. And this one guy was, like, getting out of a restaurant. They were, like, being kind of rowdy. And he, like, yells, like, you guys need to get out of here, blah, blah, blah. We thought it was because we were, like, quote, unquote, loitering. Uh-huh. And my one friend was, like, oh, all of us or just my one friend here because he's not white? Kind of saying it, like, as a joke, not really expecting anything to come from it. Mm-hmm. But then the guy literally goes, no, just him. And he gets in my friend's face and says, you need to leave. Yeah, that's Westfield for you. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of, like, yelling, going back and forth, and we just had to, like, walk away because... So that's Westfield for people who might not know. Also, screaming teenagers everywhere. 
constantly. Oh my god, the teenagers are so annoying. I know. It's because they're all so privileged. They think they could just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So d- that's just to give you some context for what Westfield is like. It's a disaster. <laughs> yeah, so the idea that the neighborhood might be behind this is not far stretched at all. Yeah, no. I know a lot of people kind of throw that out because it's like, let's make it something more interesting. Like, I've seen people who really think there is something in the walls, either like a murder victim, or I saw someone who's like, oh, the house was like, it used to be an abortion clinic early in the 20th century, and people don't want to see the, like, they don't want to find out about the dead babies in the wall. And that's just like, I, I don't think so. I think it's a lot simpler than what we're giving it credit for. I think it's just people who are afraid of change trying to stop it. Yeah. Also, when I just looked up this family, these kids are small. You know, I always <laughs> thought that they were like a lot older, like in high school or something. No, these are like little kids. So They're, they're microscopic. <laughs> You know, I absolutely do not blame the family at all then for being like, mm, we got one letter mentioning the kids, we're never coming back. Yeah, no, I don't blame them at all. I I very strongly disagree with anyone who thinks that the family was doing this to get attention. Oh, yeah. Because, um, again, they lost a, an untold amount of money, not just from, like, failed court battles, but also because, you know, they're paying mortgage for a house they're not living in. Mm-hmm. So they have to pay for wherever they're staying as well. And even renting it out wasn't lucrative, you know. So it's like, when when were they planning in their grand scheme to make their money back, you know? Yeah, even this Netflix movie is not going to help them out. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure Netflix is going to make it a low-budget, like, jump scare fest. They're not going to, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, here's some money. <sighs> so, yeah. Sorry, I still guys. I think a lot of people these days, like, the reason I add it here in the legend is because I feel like a lot of people still think it's, like, haunted or creepy, so they drive by it at night. hmm Don't break into the Watcher house, though, guys. Yeah. Don't do it. People live there now. Yeah, just, just don't go to Westfield. Oh, I feel like it's worth mentioning. The new owners have not received any sort of letters. It kind of reminds me of the Amityville house where it's like there was only one family that really experienced a lot of nonsense Mm -hmm. and then it just kind of stopped except with Amityville I really do think the family just fabricated it for attention whereas here I just I think it was just the neighbors being ridiculous Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely well that's the watcher house yep what if you spin me another yarn, Allison? I can't sew. Knit, crochet, one of those. I don't know. What's what's yarn for again? Knitting and crocheting. Okay, I don't know. I'm never gonna be a good housewife. <clears throat> anyway, I'm rolling up my sleeves right now because like there's a lot to go through with this one too. What's the one you're doing? So. Have you heard of Clinton Road? I absolutely have heard of Clinton Road. Well, it's just a road. That's it. Yeah. It's really long. Except 
All right, so Clinton Road is another really famous legend that has some truth behind it, but then it kind of spins out of hand. Yeah, spins. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's some truth behind, like, the crazy amount of things that are tied to this location. But also, we'll get to some stuff that I feel like is just like, okay, you're, you're going a little too far. So Clinton Road is literally just a road. There isn't much on it. It's just a 10-mile stretch of road. Um, it's in West Milford. I forget where exactly it stops and starts. Uh, it's in Passaic County, so think right close to New York, the very tip-top most part of Jersey, pretty much. So it is a heavily wooded area. There's not a lot of stops along this road, which is interesting because it's right near Route 23. So mm -hmm. there's trees on either side of you for most of the time you're driving. There's very few headlights. Um, so there's potholes. It's kind of like broken down. There's twists and turns. So when you're driving down it, even during the day, your imagination can get the best of you. So I have this divided into sections. Ooh, sections. Based, yes. Based on the type of activity reported around Clinton Road. So first, let's talk about the occult. You ready for this? Hold on. Okay, I'm ready. All right, so. No, uh, wait. Okay, I'm ready. Sylvia, I'm going to hurt you if you keep doing this. <laughs> Hang on, wait one more time. Okay. You can All go. right, so. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about our dear friend Satan. Because we can't go too long without talking about him. No, we're goths. We all worship Satan. You should oh, know that by now. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. So, uh, because of course, Clinton Road is known to host many Satanists who go into the woods to sacrifice animals. I could not find a single report about any of this actually happening other than, you know, people saying they saw something weird in the woods. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know where to go to to look for police reports, but I'm assuming because nothing came up many times I googled it that um, there's no recorded evidence of any sacrifices or human sacrifices happening in the woods around Clinton Road. I feel like that would make headline news. Oh yeah, it would absolutely. Yeah. Also, most Satanists don't really function like that, so also another nail in the coffin for that myth. This is this is the part that like made me like just cradle my hand in my head in my hands rather. So there is allegedly a druid temple along Clinton Road and the Druids go there and they sacrifice things to Satan as well because that's what Druids are. It's a popular location. It's basically just like an old 
stone slash, I think it's just stone structure that stands. Um, it's pretty easy to find. You can go into it. Um, you probably won't find anything scary in there because it's not actually a druid temple. It's a smelter from, that dates back to, I believe, the Revolutionary War. And there's even a sign right next to it that says that it's a smelter. It was not built as a temple. It's, a, um, it's kind of a landmark. What's a smelter? So a smelter is something that's used in ironworks. So they would probably be making like weapons and things like that there. Okay. So it's, I don't know exactly where people decided, where along the line people decided that it was like a scary druid temple. But again, I couldn't find any reports of actual like police reports about sacrifices or anything happening there, any disturbances. So I'm gonna say that druids are probably not sacrificing things to Satan in the smelter. Probably. I'm just gonna just gonna like go out on a limb and say that. Now, I, I personally, I would not be scared run, running into druids or Satanists. They both seem like pretty chill groups of people. However, there is another group. It doesn't really count as a cult, but I don't know what other section to put this in. Uh, apparently, because it is a secluded area, you will often find KKK rallies being held in the woods off Clinton Road. And honestly, that's that's what I would be afraid of. Like, be careful when you're going down Clinton Road. I know a lot of teenagers go there as like, you know, a rite of passage. It's kind of like Action Park where it's like you got to go there and experience it for yourself. But uh, just be careful of that. Because mm -hmm. you probably won't find a ghost, but it is more likely you will just find awful racists. Yeah, and that's pretty much, that part isn't even like myth and legend. Yeah, that's just unfortunately a fact of life. All right, next section. Ghosties. <laughs> so there is one famous ghost that is located along Clinton Road, and he is allegedly found at one of the many bridges that are, that like kind of are off the road. Not, not off the road. What am I trying to say? One of the bridges on the road. And he is the ghost of a little boy. So if you throw, the legend goes that a boy, it, it changes depending on who you ask. A boy either drowned in the river below the bridge or was hit by a car on the bridge. So if you throw a quarter into the river under the bridge, he will pick it up and throw it back at you. It's a lot, it's a little more complicated than that. I wish it was that simple. As you said, one of the bridges, there are so many bridges and people still debate to this day which one is the right one. Yeah, because like the only real evidence you get is that it's near Dead Man's Curve, which it's a very winding road. So who knows what that is? Mm -hmm. You have to like wait for a certain time because like if you leave, it won't work. You have to like, 
one I heard is like you have to put a quarter in the middle of the road or like you it'll be in the middle of the road but there's so many bridges that if you don't do it at the right one then it's not gonna work so it's just one of those things where people can't really disprove it because then people will be like oh you probably did it at the wrong bridge yeah right it's just there's too many ways to mess it up to the point where you can't you can't really test it or prove or disprove it at all Unless if you counted out all the bridges and then you had a person at all of them to do everything at the same time. I mean, that would be a pretty in-depth study. We might have to do that. Ghost hunters, get on it. Right? Ghost adventures. Make Aaron do it. (laughs) So another thing that I read, and I haven't seen this one as often, but apparently the ghost might even push you out of the way if you go to get the quarter. So this is based on, like, if you leave the quarter in the middle of the road, something will happen. Because Mm -hmm. in this version of the story, the boy got hit by the car and died in the middle of the road. So he'll push you out of the way to safety. But again, it's like there's so many things happening in this story Mm -hmm. that... No one knows what bridge it is. No one knows what time. No one knows exactly what the rules and parameters are. So um, I, I uh, found a YouTube video of these two guys looking for the ghosts. I saw the video. I, it was the best video ever because they don't find ghosts. They just run into a bunch of very, very intoxicated teens slash young adults. And then they're like, okay. We heard the ghosts over here. Do you have a quarter? Does anyone have a quarter? Okay, you gotta put it in the road. And then a few minutes later, there'll be a quarter in the road. It's so funny, because at one point during the video, some guy is actually just driving down the road like he would normally, and he sees all these, like a, a film crew and also a bunch of people hanging out. And he rolls down his window. And he's like, "Did he throw the quarterback yet?" <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part. That was that was amazing. And they're like, "Not yet." And he's like, "All right." <laughs> so yeah, this has become so famous that like everyone in the surrounding area knows all the stories of Clint Road. It's like when they see a crowd of dozens of people, it's like, "Oh yeah, they're trying to get their quarters back." Mm-hmm. And with that being said, remember, Clinton Road is a very dark road. Yes. Please it, be careful putting your quarters in the middle of the road. Yes, it is still a functioning road. It's not, like, abandoned or anything. A lot of people use that. It's right near a major route. So, yeah, be careful. Another one I didn't really have a uh, section for, but I guess we'll put it under ghost slash paranormal. There's been a few supposed alien sightings along Clinton Road, which is, this is kind of the point where I'm just like, okay, you need to calm down. Like, this road is not a portal to hell. I don't... That's a Zach. (laughs) Clearly, this road was haunted. Oh my god, can you imagine they just, like, shut down the road for 24 hours so they can investigate it? That would make a lot of people angry. Oh yeah, no, it would be it would be scary, but for not for the reasons that they want it to be, because then you have to deal with New Jersey drivers who can't get to where they want to go, mm-hmm. and you will die. Yeah, we're already scary without closing off our roads. Oh yeah, oof, oof. 
gives me the chills just thinking about it. So yeah, apparently aliens are known to appear every once in a while if you go at 3.30 a.m. and have a TV out on Clinton Road. No, you're getting that confused with Animal Crossing. It's all the same thing. I couldn't find too many stories about aliens. I just thought it was really interesting because it's just like, it's just a mishmash of everything. There's ghosts, there's murder, there's the occult, there's aliens, you know? There, there has to be like everything on this road. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, this so, road becomes kind of like a boiling pot, melting pot, that's the word, a melting pot of like everything spooky, creepy. Yeah, and it kind of gets to the point where you don't really know what's true about it. And even if it's something like paranormal that you want to investigate, you don't know what to look for exactly because it also is a 10 mile stretch of road. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do you, where, where, is, where even do I start? <laughs> yes. All right, so now we're going to move on to something that actually has basis in fact. And that is that the legend that Clinton Road is a body dump site used by the mob. So from what I saw, I was scouring the internet looking for cases. Like I said, I couldn't find anything about any like disturbances as far as like sacrifices or anything like that. But I could find um, that they did find one body on Clinton Road once. And that's not to say of like quote unquote normal things like accidents. Accidents happen on every road, but for some reason people don't talk about that too much with Clinton Road because it doesn't kind of it kind of doesn't fit with like the mythos of it. Oh really? I heard um I heard that the accidents are half because it's haunted <laughs> and half just because it's so windy and that's why Dead Man's Curve is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Like, I I did come across a report of an accident where there was a fatality, but I don't see people talking about that so much because, I don't know, my theory is that it's just so normal for any stretch of road. So people are like, uh, you know, that did happen, you know, oh, but the ghosts. Yeah, gotta mention those more. Yeah, even though, you know, people really did lose their lives also. Don't crowd the road, because that's what I saw in the video, is that people just, like, you know, these very clearly, like, either stoned or drunk people just standing in the middle of the road. So, uh, don't do that. Or else, you know, it's kind of like a (laughs) self-fulfilling prophecy, where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, lots of people died on Clinton Road because they were looking for ghosts. Mm Mm-hmm. So, anyway, the, uh, dump site myth. So there was actually one specific instance where a body was dumped on Clinton Road that kind of sort of tied back to the mob. So in May of 1983, the body of Daniel Deppner was found on the stretch of Clinton Road. I couldn't find exactly where it was, but basically it was in a pretty advanced state of decay. And for a while, they weren't sure what was going on. They couldn't really solve it. But later on, 
uh, infamous serial killer slash mob hitman Richard Kukwinski, also known as the Iceman. Um, he confessed to the murder. Uh, he was tied to Defner because they were part of a burglary ring together, and someone in the group had um, basically rolled over on them and was like telling the police everything. So Kuklinski took it upon himself to just systematically pick off everyone in the group until he was the only one left. Which is also interesting because it leads to a actual case of someone sleeping in a hotel and finding a dead body under their mattress because that's where he stored one of the bodies. Don't you love how all these like legends and mythos comes from New Jersey facts? Yeah, <laughs> basically. Well, I'm not going to say that was like the first case of someone finding a dead person under their hotel mattress, but it's definitely one of the more famous cases. But um, as far as be it being just a dump site in general, I haven't seen anything else with regards to human remains being found on Clinton Road. So it might have just been that one time that just, you know, takes hold of the public's imagination. It's like, who knows what could be out in the woods? Mm-hmm. Well, that's all they need is, you know, one. Yeah, that's all it takes. And especially for it to be such a, like, highly publicized case like you know who knows how many other people have been dumped there yeah especially if it's like a mobster like who you who knows how many people he put there you know yeah and um and, huh? i was gonna say and that one victim that they did find was in a very advanced state so yeah so <laughs> like who, who knows <laughs> um it's interesting. I read an account on the Weird New Jersey site where someone said at one point they did see a body bag kind of like just they happened upon it in the middle of the road while driving. And when they went to get the police, it, it just kind of disappeared. Hmm. I don't know what to make of that. But I feel like, again, that just kind of goes to like you know, this is the world's uh, notorious for being a dump site. Mm -hmm. But it also was kind of weird because it was just a body bag and then it moved on its own. Like it just, where, where to go? It just inched away. It just like got up and hopped away. <laughs> Honestly, that would be even scarier. Yeah. Forget disappearing. Yeah. Like if it hopped away, forget about it. I'm going straight to church. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you gotta go see the priest. Yep. So we talked about the occult, we talked about some paranormal stuff, and we talked about true crime. But do you want to hear what I find personally is the scariest part about Clinton Road? Do, do tell. All right. So Clinton Road was actually the site of the longest traffic light in the U.S. Oh my god so this light in the 2001 article by the new york times was reported to last five and a half minutes why i don't know that's just cruel it it is can you imagine just sitting there for five and a half minutes i'm pretty sure i did that once like i think a light broke and i sat there for five minutes it's just like, can you imagine just the 
utter torment that that would cause just the the emotional degradation of humanity at this red light mm-hmm. yeah that's not cute yeah well luckily it has been modified since then and according to a 2019 article the light is now down to two and a half minutes but it still regularly receives complaints to this very day because that's still pretty long yeah yeah even though it's about well it's a little less than half or more than half rather of what it was um people report that it adds like another 15 minutes to their commute just dealing with that I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but yeah, I think after a certain point, people are just kind of being babies and, you know, they're being New Jersey drivers and being like, I want to get to my destination in two seconds. Don't we wish. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice. However, don't, don't run people over and like blow through traffic lights to get to your place faster. And that is the chilling, disturbing, semi-true history of Clinton Road. Can I hop on your story for a moment? Oh, sure. Because I started doing research on Clinton Road because I didn't know what we were doing. (laughs) And um, you mentioned that one building. Um, There's another building. Oh, yeah. I I completely forgot about Cross Castle. Yeah. Where's my my notes on that? I had, like, dates and shit. (laughs) Oh, there we go. Honestly, I I did talk about it. Well, I did research about it. I just didn't find it particularly interesting. Well, because that was also, like, a big hotspot for teenage parties, and that's where you would, like, see things. Yeah. Or... You know, that's where, like, the KKK would join in. But if you don't think it were... Oh, and apparently there's a myth that every October 30th it rebuilds itself. That's kind of cool, actually. I would love to see it rebuild itself. That's not even scary. Mm-hmm. That's just, like, a modern marvel. Just, like, think about it. If we implemented ghost building technology <laughs> into buildings, that would be incredible. Yeah. Maybe a little inconvenient, but incredible. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to do some minis then. Okay. Are you going to do little mini muffins? Yeah. <clears throat> so, a little less mini. We have the devil tree. Ah! 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 Tree. <laughs> Haunted tree. <laughs> yep. Oh, welcome to Jersey. We have a haunted tree. Yeah. Jersey. The most goth of all states. Even the trees are haunted. So the Devil Tree lives on Mountain Road and Fasking Ridge. And Ew, it is... gross. <laughs> it is the spot of multiple, supposed, according to weirdnewjersey.com, multiple murders, suicides, and hangings. Uh, there's a few different legends about what it is. I was always told that the tree was like a popular spot for lynching back in the day. Yeah, I've also heard the same thing and supposedly the tree is now cursed apparently if you cut it down like you die and the tree actually has like a bunch of quote-unquote scars from people who've tried to cut it down Mm -hmm. 
and like it just does not cut the tree itself is like always warm and like snow doesn't land on it and there's always like a ring around the tree of like dry land mm-hmm. um because of the legend of the lynching it is also a very popular kkk hangout so don't go there yeah that's like the unfortunate side effect of a lot of New Jersey's like scary places is that you might run into like some actual monsters there. Yeah, not ghosts, monsters. But the ghosts that you might see at uh, the Devil Tree are ghost bodies can be seen hanging from the tree. Um, if you climb the tree, like a branch will break and you'll fall down and you'll probably break a bone. If you touch the tree, apparently you're hands will like turn to black um and like there's just like a whole bunch of stories of people who are like i touched it and my canary died or i touched it and then our car was like just sped forward and went off the road however you cannot test any of these things now because the tree is on private property and is very very secured Oh, yeah, no. If I was that property owner, I would definitely want to stop the KKK and, like, drunk teenagers from breaking onto my land. Yeah, so it's pretty much impossible to see now, even from a distance, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of pictures online. It looks like any other tree, you know, but I'm sure... It leaves. It looks like a dead tree. Yeah, it, I, I definitely think it's dead. I think I've read before that it's been struck by lightning, but it still stands. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely it, a bizarre tree, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird tree. <laughs> Haunted or cursed, maybe, not sure. But, yeah. like, you know, the fact that it does radiate heat and it's been struck <laughs> by lightning and it can't be cut down, those are very bizarre. Yeah. Zach, get on this. I don't want Zach to get on this. Yeah. Um, I don't want his canary dying, too. (laughs) Um, My other mini, mini story is 13 Bump Road. Which is, I feel like, is another very popular, well-known New Jersey legend. Mm -hmm. So this is in Wachong, New Jersey. Is it in the reservation? I don't know. I actually don't even know the actual name of the road. (laughs) Uh, 13 Bump. The road is not officially called 13 Bump Road. Hold on, let me do research. (laughs) Ah, it is Johnson Drive in Wachong, New Jersey. I like 13 Bump Road better. Yeah, me too. So, like many legends, it has very different variations. So, the one I know of is the one about the 12 nuns and the 13th nun. Mm Mm-hmm. Where, you know, there was 12 nuns. Actually, there was 13 nuns. But the one nun was, like, a wild child. And eventually had gone missing. Like, she was the one who was, like, not very nun-like. She was out drinking and partying. And the nuns are like, you gotta stop. And she's like, no. And she had So wild. <laughs> yeah, wild. And... <laughs> eventually like the nuns were like crossing the road and they had like gotten hit by a car or something and died or what all of them no 
Oh, just the wild one? How do they die? I don't remember how the nuns died, but they were buried in the road. And if you drive down the road at night, this only works at night, you will feel the 12 bumps. And then here's the thing. If you feel the 13th bump, you'll hear like screaming, but like that's the worst of it all. If you don't feel the 13th bump, get ready to run because the nun is either in your car or is running after your car. I'm just picturing the nun from the, uh, <laughs> what's it called? The nun? Yeah, no, I'm just try- I'm trying to remember the name of the cinematic universe. The Conjuring. No, isn't it called, yeah, oh yes. The Conjuring. Just... the name of the yeah. movie. No, I'm just picturing the nun from like the Conjuring movies just like running after you at full speed. Honestly, that would be kind of hilarious. It it does sound funny. Not when maybe it's like 3 a.m. and it's dark. Yeah. Because even though this is a residential road, it's very dark. Yeah. North Jersey's like that. They I don't know if they know what uh, straight lights are. I'm kind of concerned. Well, the area is also a little hoity-toity, so maybe they're like, street lights are annoying. Yeah, it's light pollution. Except it's necessary for life. I remember when I was watching the video of Clinton Road, I was shocked to see that there was so little light. You basically need to drive down it with high beams just to see what you're mm-hmm. doing. There's a few roads in Jersey that are like that, though. Department of Infrastructure, please get on this. Another variation of the story, which sounds a bit more believable, is pretty much the exact same thing, except they were witches. Yeah, that's, nuns. <laughs> that's the story. That's the version of it that I'm used to hearing. Yeah, 13 witches. They died. They're buried there. They died. Same, same story. 12 bumps. Yeah. yeah. Field 13. Run. Burr, 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 burr. There's a few, like, videos online of people going down the road and being like, this is bull. Nothing happens. And then someone, like, in a Party City witch outfit comes and sprints at them at 94 miles per hour. I'm honestly too afraid to go down the road at night. Oh, I was terrified of this when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. For I some... think my mom said, like, she did it with her friends, and she's like, you do absolutely feel the mumps. I mean, to be fair, that's just Jersey having terrible roads. But the thing, I went down the road during the day, and it is smooth. There is nothing there. Okay. Fine, they got one right. (laughs) They got one road right. Yep. (laughs) Next up, the rest of them. Next up, do it at night. Because apparently at night, it's a little janky. Imagine living there, and like right outside your driveway is one of them. I would be so mad, honestly. Because you know those people just hear teenagers screaming all night long. I wonder if that, like, decreases property value. I I mean it. I think it would. If it's, like, a popular destination for, like, dumb kids to test out a thing and, like, drive and be rowdy, forget about it. No one's going to want to buy that house. Oh, man. Gotta start a scary story. In the area I want to live in then. Oh, yeah. Oh, forget about it. The, st- the scary story is coronavirus. Property value is going to fall. It's going to be great. <laughs> Alrighty. So, that's some 
of the legends of jersey there's like a bunch but yeah I feel like those are the more popular ones. Oh, yeah. No, these are definitely all the ones I heard about growing up. You know, mm-hmm. everyone knows someone who's, like, best friend, saw a ghost here, or, you know, did this thing there. Like, everyone knows someone in Jersey. You going to finish that sentence, or is that the end of it? Everyone knows someone in Jersey. Okay. What's another, like, Sioux? Or Liberty Hall Museum is haunted. Really? I didn't know that. Uh, I've, like, toured that museum so many times from, like, school and Girl Scouts and stuff. I, like, I'm so over the ghost story. Tell us. Please make us feel like we're on a Scouts trip. So, like, this was during, I forgot what war. It was during a war. Where the 13 colonies were still a thing. Mm-hmm. And like... Revolutionary War? I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm not a history major. Neither am but I. But like, some soldiers like, broke into the house or whatever. And like, one of the daughters of the house was like, what's that noise? And it was like a thunderstorm. And she's like, going down the stairs with like, her candlelight. And then she was, like, at the top of the stairs, like, lightning struck. And, like, the guy was terrified because all he saw was, like, this white figure with, like, a light. And he shot her and she died. So, apparently, you could still see her ghost, like, traveling down the stairs. I'm so mad. Like, my guy, you broke into a house. What do you think you were going to see? A ghost? Oh, it's just a, a person. <laughs> You really thought no one was going to be there and be like, hey, I heard something downstairs. Let me go see what that was. This is why we won the war. (laughs) In conclusion, class, don't ever come to Jersey. Every square inch is haunted. Mm -hmm. Oh, before we close it off, we do have shout outs this week. Shout outs. Who are we shouting out today? All right. This week we are shouting out Olive Unicorn and Benny Aposi. They are giving our website a lot of love. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I also want to shout out a friend, Gigi, on Facebook. She's been giving us lots of support and love. Gigi. All right, now time for our closing. If you want to be included in a shout out, you know, review us on the stuff. Right. Was on the stuff. <laughs> don't forget to subscribe we'll put out new episodes every week follow us on twitter and instagram at goth topic pod where you'll find updates our amusings as well as sharing our favorite memes and videos all the links mentioned today as well as our research will be in the description box give us a rating on itunes and that's where you review us and we'll give you a shout out tell us what you think shoot us a dm at us or email us at gothtopicpod at gmail.com our P.O. box is open, so send us a DM if you're interested in that address as well. Thanks so much, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. See you guys. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. What's for dinner? I don't know, but I'm starving. You can make nachos. I just went food shopping, and I'm like, I want to order. <laughs> The struggle's so real. I hate it. I just want food that I didn't make because I suck at making food.